This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. Good morning, San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, George Allman, and Mark Mahady have the weekend off. Uh, And we have a special guest coming in in a little bit to fill in. Uh, Good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm good. I'm good. Looks like it's going to be a pretty nice weekend, actually, here in San Diego. I think so. Proper, Proper temperatures and... For, for Mother's Day. Yeah. Yeah. Which is coming up tomorrow. Tomorrow. Crazy busy this yesterday at the nursery. Even people prepping and grabbing everything blooming in sight. I think it's going to be busy today, too. Could be one of the first days of this year where we sold more non-vegetables than vegetables. That could that very doesn't well happen be. very often. No. No, it does not. Uh, was it last week that we got the citrus order in? It was last yes. week. Yes. Yeah. So we somewhat restocked although i don't know how partially, much of it is left partially and i yeah. got a little bit more because um, they were limiting the quantities you could order so i placed two orders to get us kind of semi-stocked up but now it's all gone again they they have nothing no more citrus available so just amazing did just get amazing. some holiday and little cottos in and five gallon this week as well we actually have a decent selection of avocados right now which is Kind of surprising, but uh, they look pretty, and they're they're they look pretty good too. Relatively, relatively tall. Uh, yeah, they're nice, have. nice looking plants. I, uh, I I normally have this information at my fingertips, but just so everybody knows, the moon is nine point three one eight zero percent full this morning. I didn't see it because it was overcast. Yeah, I didn't either. But it should be nice and temperate. A perfect day, a uh, week or weekend to get out and play in the garden. Yeah, I've been. I actually planted some stuff um, during this past week when I got home from work. So we'll see what happens. I, I still have a shelf full of plants to plant, but I did harvest potatoes yesterday. I'm very That's excited about this potato thing. The first third, I don't remember how I planted them, or and I, I must have planted them in some order because the first chunk of the raised straw bale that I harvested was all fingerlings. And I think we had French fingerlings and something else. We had two little fingerlings. Yeah. And yesterday I got into the full-sized purples and reds, which I'm kind of excited about. I I went up and microwaved a potato for the first time in probably a year yesterday afternoon. Yeah, evening. And it was quite tasty. Do you remember to poke it with a fork so it didn't explode? I, I poked it with with a fork three times beforehand and i still was waiting for it to explode but if you think about a microwave it's kind of a perfect little explosion detention device right isn't that if you were watching the bomb squad and they had a bomb they'd throw it into something that looked like a microwave wouldn't they except for the window on the front yeah yeah i 
to contain the explosion? I know years ago, we, my best friend and I did an experiment. We microwaved an egg. Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. Don't try this at home. No. This was done by a, a wise a person of idiots. On, a, on a closed track. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, please continue. Uh, and we, I, think we set the, I think we set the timer for five minutes, and we sat there and we watched and watched and watched. <laughs> oh, and we made a containment device of two plastic cups taped together. Yeah, that'll do that, it. That, yeah. And uh, we sat there, set it for five minutes, and we sat there and watched it and watched it and watched it. And we're down to about four minutes and 50 seconds. I'm like, oh, this, nothing's going to happen. And um, bam, and the thing exploded. And there was hard, hard-cooked hard egg everywhere inside the uh, – I mean, it just completely disintegrated. And uh, – Took us about an hour to clean out the microwave. I was going to ask, did you leave that for mom? And <laughs> oh no, 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 no. We had to, we had to clean up the evidence. That's that, that was for sure. But yeah, it. They do eggs will explode if you put them in the microwave. Okay, I, so I can, don't I do can that. Attest to that. Yeah, don't, but, but don't do that. But the containment device did work. Well, the microwave. Yeah, my, yeah, that's what I meant. Not <laughs> your, cont- not your our, cups and Our tape. containment device did not. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's funny when you were saying that. I was going to say you had hard boiled egg all over, but it was cooked, and you. Properly said that I yes, would have. When you hard cook an egg, I always use the word boiled, except yeah. for if I'm frying. Yeah, but there you go. That, anyway, I digress. Uh, we have a special guest today, uh, Farmer Roy Wilburn from Cadence at Poway Gardens is here today. Did Good I get mo- that right? You got it right. Oh, Hit it right on the head. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Roy. Thank you very much for getting up early and coming in uh, to talk with us today. This is late for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what you were, that's what you were saying. And thanks for the phone call this morning to remind me that late wasn't late. Yeah, it's kind of dead here in La Jolla this morning. Yeah, it's a little quiet over on the side of the, the, side of the tracks. Um, why don't you tell people a little bit about what you do, Roy? Well, I'm the director of horticulture at uh, Cadence at Poway Gardens. We're in a... A memory care community. Um, all of our residents uh, have some form of dementia, but basically all Alzheimer's. And we have we're an 86 bed facility. We're spread out over 32 acres. We have five uh, six bedroom country style homes and two larger facilities, three levels of care. And uh, what kind of separates us from the rest of the gang is we have we the world of horticulture. So we have. Or five little organic gardens that total about 40, 50-foot uh, rows. And we'll produce over 25,000 pounds of fresh organic fruits and vegetables for our residents, families in need. And there's probably a caregiver, not a caregiver around that doesn't get a tomato or 20 pounds a week <laughs> here pretty soon. And uh, we also sponsor a food bank garden on site that uh, a lot of benevolent volunteers in our RB Poway area, they come uh, every morning and they work in the garden and all that, oh, they'll do about seven, 8,000 pounds of uh, fruits and vegetables for families in eat in the area, which since COVID happened uh, seems to have quadrupled. So there's, there's a lot of a lot of people that need some fresh, some fresh veggies, some nutritious stuff for their diet. We have a greenhouse. We have um, a lot of horticultural therapy classes for our residents. We have an intergenerational program. We have a children's garden where we get homeschooled and preschooled kids. Okay, slow, slow, slow down. What is an intergenerational program? We get little kids. We grow little gardeners. And uh, so we they have their own little garden. They come a couple times a month. They 
work in the garden. They learn how to grow. Um, they love to harvest. They love to eat. And uh, then they go to our beautiful little greenhouse setting, and their pseudo-grandmas and grandpas are waiting for them. And uh, they bond, and uh, they do, it's like my little sweatshop for the next half hour, and <laughs> they do all my seeding, and uh, they repot plants and uh, tell jokes. That's the best thing. They, they tell jokes and they crack up the residents, and uh, it's just a beautiful thing. It sounds like it. Yeah. Um, now, in the you use the greenhouse basically just for starting, starting, starting stuff? Are, are all of our plants, almost all of our plants, except for the lettuce that I get from Walter Anderson's. Um, uh, are started in our greenhouse. It's right now packed with succulents that we're going to be replanting all over the facility. A lot of plants, a lot of extra plants go to school gardens in our area also. So we're very supportive of the school gardens. We love, we love school gardens. I I look at, excuse me, I look at you, Roy, and you're, you know, you're a rough looking dude. Thank you. But you are the sweetest individual when it comes to talking about your facility and your people your residents and and both both ends of the generation it totally there's a totally different person in here um farmer roy people dig farmer roy (laughs) all right they don't know the real (laughs) but uh well thank you very much i appreciate that it's it's neat to hear you talk about this and i'm sure both the residents and the kids get a lot out of it and I'm, i'm guessing probably even hardened Roy Farmer Roy gets something out of it as well. Yeah, I've worked with kids on the side uh, as my kids were growing up, did a lot of coaching, did a lot of coaching. I got a couple, I got one grandchild now and I got another one on the way. So they'll be joining the garden club too. Excellent. Uh, Now is most of what you grow um, annual crops or do you have, do you have fruit trees and perennials? We have two orchards. We probably total around 35 trees. We have, and then, and then in our little gardens, um, it's, you know, tomatoes, broccoli, cauliflower, things like that. So I guess those would be considered annuals. And uh, we turn those over every week. We're turning stuff over and replanting and planting. And, and, uh, so this it, is something that goes on all year round. I'm there all, all the time. Every, I'm, I'm always there. In the garden. I'm all, I'm all, yeah. No, we're harvesting. We're planting every week, and we're harvesting every week. Okay. Just to a reminder, as a participant, a participant in the Master Gardener program, I have a green bag with a, a letter from you saying at some time I get to come fill it up with vegetables for being a Master Gardener presenter. That so is correct. don't forget, and, and when you when would be the best time? When is the best I would say June, Harvest. July, August are, I mean, if you like your warm season crops, if you like tomatoes, peppers, broccoli, I mean, tomatoes, peppers, eggplant, things like that, uh, come June, July. July okay. is our huge month. We've been crawling around doing about 1,500 pounds a week, a month for the last few months, but that's going to kick up big time. We'll do like 7,000 a month. Well, even 50, even 1,500 pounds this time of the, this time of year, that's, that's, pretty impressive because it's still relatively early yeah well i mean i there's a lot of people i've been doing it for almost 11 years so i got a little planning plan that works really well and we've you know varietal selection things like that and uh so what are you harvesting now well we got the the last of our broccoli and cauliflower okay and um 
and then which segues now into our our warm season stuff and i'll have tomatoes in about 10 days i'll have cucumbers for the first time in a week i've uh, been drowning in zucchini right now and uh, we'll probably have the and we'll have bell peppers in a couple weeks and then uh, it, then the last of our spring stuff eggplant will be in about a month off so and then we'll keep rolling with that until it, before you know it, we're planting broccoli and cauliflower and lettuce again. So we, we do lettuce almost all year long, except for about two months of the year. We just, July and August, you take a break, right? Yeah, we take about... a take a break, and uh, it's not even. It's just watching lettuce melt in a hundred degree <laughs> weather is not my cup of tea. But but uh, yeah, but uh, we do a lot of you know lettuce is something uh, that we need on a weekly basis. We can't process it, we can't store it, so it's got to be fresh every week. That's why I come visit you guys every week for two flats of romaine lettuce, and that goes in. We hide it everywhere. It does. It gets no special treatment. I hide it between all my plantings, and and uh, works out really good. Nice. It's delicious and how, nutritious. You know, you've told us how much you harvest from this. How much space? is dedicated to the vegetable gardens. Well, again, the best way to, uh, to imagine is we roughly have 40 50-foot rows. So if you do the math, it's probably less than a quarter of an acre. Less than a quarter of an acre. That's wow. A, that's a lot. That's, and that is, That's impressive. The, yeah. The yield is, is amazing. Well, I was a commercial grower in Baja for 20 years. So quant- oh. quantity and quality were the name of the game. So I really only know one speed. And, and the place you were used to work down in Baja is down near Todos Santos, right? Isn't that where the, the farm well, was? Well, that's where we expanded to. We started, I started in San Quentin. Yeah, there, and, was, a lot, and, there was a lot of – Yeah. You know, I, well, it's 20 years ago since I was down yeah. there. But, yeah, there was a lot of yeah, greenhouse so, growers and stuff yeah, down there. I yeah. uh, went to school at UCSD and married the farmer's daughter. And she goes, my dad's looking for somebody with a science background and – and I, you know, I, I studied you went to school. I went to study math. I graduated mathematics out of UCSD, my friend. And, uh, and look I at love, you now. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Just like an onion peeling back the layers <laughs> yeah. on Farmer Roy. Yeah. But, uh, she, uh, she goes, my dad's a big grower in Baja and he's looking for somebody to mold. And, uh, so, and I loved Baja. So I said, okay, that sounds good. So I went down there and, and then we ended up expanding, uh, all the way down toward Todos Santos. And we had, uh, Another large ranch down there. Roy, we need to take a quick break. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We'd love to talk to you. Uh, We'll be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. The garden party, they all knew my name. No one recognized. 
With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, uh, I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, George Allman, and Mark Mahady have the weekend off, and we have a special guest, uh, Farmer Roy Wilburn from Cadence at Poway Gardens is here talking to us about his horticultural program and all of the uh, production that your farm uh, does every year. Yeah, we're busy in the garden. That's what it, so- that's what it sounds like. And, you know, to 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 grow that much stuff is got to to get everything ready to go. It's got to take some prep work. Yeah, so, I inherited the the forty rows of fifty foot rows I, I uh, I'm growing in right now, and but we any row that we have usually has like three looks to it a year. I mean, there'll be like a tomato row right now, then somewhere in August there'll be a broccoli row, and then somewhere in November that'll be a cauliflower row, and then bingo, we're back into the spring stuff. So we're constantly prepping the rows, and, you know, after 10 years doing this three or four times a year, the we we have, I mean, Poway soil is pretty... uh, Fertile? uh, Infertile. (laughs) I was trying to be... Yeah, polite here. <laughs> well, well done. Yeah, hey, you like that? I got the I got briefed, and um, and uh, but uh, over you know the more you prep your soil, the more you work it, the more you grow, it just gets better and better if you do it what, right. What do you typically use for soil amendment? So, like for example, yesterday I harvested the last broccoli, and that that row will be turned uh, with the shovel. We will add basically four things to everything that we prep. All our rows that we prep for the next planting and that that is the compost we we have a compost site on at, at our place it's not nowhere near enough compost so i have to source out uh compost chicken manure worm castings and probably the most important out of all of that would be the uh some type of pre-plant fertilizer so that goes with that we don't even think that those boom all the time every time then we plant and then some type of subsequent fertilization will be required depending on the crop. Uh, now, the uh, all of the gardens are organic? Yes, totally. We'd do 40,000 pounds if it wasn't. <laughs> no, yeah, all organic, that's for sure. Interesting. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Dude. Well, you're planting tomatoes in that same space year after year. Yeah, if you do the math, it's kind of impossible. I mean, people ask me, why don't I or why should I or how come I don't? Why for how come? Because, well, the biggest fear with tomatoes are nematodes Mm -hmm. in the soil. So if you're a master gardener or have been preached to by a master gardener, you tend to rotate those things around. Um, My advice to people that like to grow tomatoes is – at least include some nematode-resistant varieties. All the all the tomatoes I grow, except for the ones in the children's garden, all have nematodes. They're all resistant to nematodes. But upon planting, we um, we also add beneficial nematodes that you can get at your local Walter Anderson. Oh, and, thank you so much. Yeah, I uh, don't know if it really works, but it's just it you works know I, for you. Yeah, I tell you, I. I 
the story I tell people, there was a hundred foot row, uh, two fifty foot rows I planted uh, years back, and somebody gave me this variety called Delicious Tomato. So, and it was an heirloom type, and it had it did not have nematode resistance. I got zero tomatoes out of that. I pulled all those out, put some nematode, uh, beneficial nematodes in the soil, and then put in the no-brainer, best, easiest uh, nematode-resistant variety, Celebrity, which happened to be named at our ranch in Mexico, um, in that row. And we got 900 pounds of tomatoes out of that. So... And that was with or without nematodes. That was beneficial nematodes. That we we again we apply the benefit. So it was, but I got a feeling. I mean, just because things are labeled uh, resistant doesn't mean you're not going to have you're not going to notice these big nasty galls in the roots when you pull the plants out. But you will get a crop. Okay, before we go beyond and forget to come back to it, celebrity was named at your farm. Yeah, do tell. We- I worked very uh, – because I was like the only gringo in our area <laughs> that had a college education. Uh, all the seed companies around loved to we, – we were we were trendsetters. I mean, we were the first to use drip irrigation, and my variety trials were famous. And um, so all the seed companies would come to us with all their new varieties, and it just so happened Pito Seed Company, which was developed that variety, was right next door to us. They had a, a seed production place in, in San Quentin. And uh, so we tried a lot of those, and um, it, w- it was a hit. And uh, so anyway. it was a celebrity amongst the other tomatoes. They, they came out with a series of stuff that was all associated with celebrity and all star and stuff like that. So well, it, for the first probably ten years, I worked at Walter Anderson Nursery. Every year, when tomato season started, we would get a bunch of six packs of celebrity tomatoes. Yeah, we would pot them into little three inch or four-inch pots, uh-huh. and Mrs. Anderson would take them to Christ Lutheran in La Jolla. Or in, in Pacific. Yeah. yeah. It was always celebrity because it did so well. Yeah. And it ties back to you. Well, Ed, thank you. And But uh, it's the, again, we we grow a lot of, I mean, I'll do about 600 tomato plants a year in our gardens. We For the spring deal, we put in like 280. I've added now another 120. Every month we put a little bit more. It's that whole philosophy of successive planting. So you you don't necessarily have to use up all your garden at one shot, um, but you definitely want to capitalize on the dynamic spring crop that you can do in San Diego. Since I have you on air and on the spot right now, would you do me a favor this year? And when you next time you do beneficial nematodes in a row of your tomatoes, uh-huh. would you not do five feet or ten feet? And do the rest of the row of the same things oh. and see if there's a difference. Sure, or I'll do it in your garden. I <laughs> no, brilliant I, forest. I didn't even think about yeah, that. I, I could. So, what what are your favorite tomato crops? Um, varieties. Yeah, you can't. So the basically we we grow determinate tomatoes, um, which facilitates the concept of successive plantings because. I like a lot of tomatoes. I like to pick a few and then a little more and then a whole bunch. I like to drown the kitchen. I like to make their life miserable for, <laughs> for like three months. And then uh, so to answer your question, there's a variety called BHN1021 that you can get seed from Johnny Selected Seed. These are not going to be varieties that we 
normally see in the trade. You Probably have to come not. to me for that. But Johnny Select, there's a, there's actually a lot of seed companies that have that variety. But that one I just kind of stumbled on, and it works very well. It has nematode resistance. It grows about four or five feet tall, loads up like crazy, has a really decent size. And um, But then right now, next week, or when was it? Last week I planted some tomatoes in, in to mid June, then I use another variety called Mountain Fresh, um, which is a much smaller variety, but it's much larger fruit. I've won awards for the largest fruit uh, with that variety. It's a big fat tomato, but it's a very compact plant because if you in Pow East of Highway 15 is another world, man. I used to grow tomatoes uh, on the coast, but East of Highway 15, 15 is it's different. And when you plant, when it's really really hot. That BHN just just grows way too fast. It's just way too tall. And now just for everybody who's listening, determinate versus indeterminate tomatoes. You want to give us a quick rundown of why determinate and what the difference determinant, is. Determinate, uh, you'll get a more concentrated set. Forget about everything you read on the internet that you'll harvest one time. No, you will harvest multiple times. But after a month or so, you're going to run out of tomatoes on that thing. So it, it grows to like four or five feet tall, depend or three to five feet tall. Indeterminates grow like all your heirlooms, all your 99.9% of your cherry tomatoes are all indeterminate in nature, which means they just grow really, really, really tall. I've seen 20-foot ones in greenhouse operations. Ours, in in our little children's garden, we have like 48 uh, cherry tomatoes in there. We have like 11 varieties. And... uh, They'll, you know, they'll grow like 12 feet tall, 10 feet tall and start to fall over and turn over and it turns into a jungle and the kids just love it. And the residents love it too. Because they will continue to grow and fruit. They will grow and grow and grow. You just, you'll get a hand here. Like if, like um, your heirloom tomatoes are indeterminate. So you'll get like a little hand and then a couple weeks later you'll have some more tomatoes. Another week later you'll have a tomato or two. And And that's what... That's why the indeterminates are great for flooding the kitchen because the majority of them ripen at the same time. The determinants will flood. The determinants determinants will flood. Yeah, that's like one or two fruit, then seven or eight, then boom. Well, I can also see if you're if you're rotating crops all year round too, having the having the determinant variety, so it comes in, gets done, you take it out, and yeah, and that we our our little planning plan works good. I mean, good for me. The kitchen gets a little stressed, (laughs) but but. yeah, it's just we'll we'll do February planting, April planting, May planting, June planting, and end with a l- little July planting. Uh, last year there was a little shortage in my garden. I had a little extra space because there was no one to provide me with any favoritas or novas. Um, I was told there was a seed situation at Cadence at Poway Gardens, and that that it would be made uh, up to me in 2021. Um, do you believe that's going to be made up to me in 2021? Will I have plants are already in plants have fruit on them and don't have any extra plants for you, but you do have a green cadence of Poway gardens bag. And when you come, you're welcome anytime in a couple of weeks to come pick all the cherry tomatoes you want. Favorita and Nova are in the trial. That's a very, very nice way of saying, no, David, I don't have a plant for you, but I will supply you with some I, uh, fruit. To be perfectly honest, I forgot all about you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Roy. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross and our special guest, Roy Wilburn. 
from Cadence at Poway Gardens. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. When I got to the garden party, they all knew my name. No one recognized me. I didn't look the same, but it And we're back with more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross and our special guest, uh, Farmer Roy Wilburn from Cadence at Poway Gardens. During the break, we were talking about... Macho tomato or mucho tomato. What? Oh, during the break. (laughs) I was thinking... you know, actually, I was just thinking as we were coming out of the break listening to Garden Party, you can't please everybody. I just was – that's yeah. part of our theme every time we do this. But anyway, we were – But you we can please about? yourself. <laughs> what were we talking about in the break? Um, nematodes. 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 Yes. Which okay. they, they're insidious little creatures. Little creatures. Uh, I was close. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you use them every year. Yeah. And you plant tomatoes in the same places every year, which is totally verboten. Yeah. So just real quickly, what do you? how do you do it? You come in and get them out of our refrigerator. So I get, come and get them out. Of, and you get the ones that are designated for root knot root nematode. Knot. Mm-hmm. The root, like, I think they call it fungal net and root knot exterminator. That is what they call it. Yeah. I believe that is. Yeah, is the case. Yeah, so, the technical it, name. Yeah, but there are other other beneficial nematodes to combat other problems. But those are the ones that you want if nema, a root knot nematode is your problem, which is a little microscopic wireworm that you cannot see, and you don't know that you have it until you wonder why your plant keeps asking for more food and water and looking ugly, and then the best the best advice I can give you is when you pull and tomatoes are, you know notorious for that because they're in the ground a long time so the longer things are in the soil the the more apt or prone they are to this problem and but when you pull your tomato plants if you look at the roots and if they're all gnarled and ugly looking uh you got a problem so uh, we get we get again try to use resistant varieties but don't let that stop you from not growing that big beautiful striped warped ugly looking heirloom that you just gotta have or cherry tomato but uh yeah it's very easy you cut the packet open you get a i get a four gallon uh, bucket of a homer bucket of and fill it full of water uh it's got to be slightly warm not hot a little tepid put it in there spin it around i pour that into little watering cans and then i'll just i'll have my planting holes already uh set out and then I'll just walk down the row and pour it in, plant and cover it up. And and you will use a, a one packet to about how many feet of row? 
I think the packet says like 500 to 800 square feet. So I definitely double up on that. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll put a packet and I'll cover as many as four fifty foot rows, 200 linear feet. So, and you just pour it along and then water uh, it in and water it in. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to try that. Or even year. when you're prepping a row prior to like shaping your beds and things like that, you could put it down and, and yeah. but yeah. And then I'll even hit the little six packs or whatever. I got my tomatoes in uh, trays. I'll give them a little shot. So that the beneficial nematodes are around the roots of the That's new plants. That's right. To pre- yeah. That is brilliant. I, I, I would a, have never thought about it in that. I am, uh, I'm a genius. <laughs> well, I heard, I heard you're mathematically inclined. I, I, yeah. you know, I'm oh, learning well. all sorts of new stuff. When, when we were talking to you before, you were telling us what you do at Cadence. And right before you'd mentioned intergenerational gardening, which I, I've heard you talk about and I've actually seen you do before, which is really neat. You mentioned something else, too, which was horticultural therapy. And what, I know what it does for me. Yeah. I, I know the summer and having sunlight when I get home from work and being able to go out in the garden and harvest potatoes in the afternoon is really therapeutic for me. What does it mean in terms of cadence? Well, um, since, since the – I mean, we used to have like seven groups of kids with – special needs come and help out in the gardens and whatnot. And when that stopped because we, we couldn't have volunteers come and help, we actually kicked up our uh, horticultural therapy program. And horticultural therapy is basically the practice of engaging people in plant and gardening activities to prove their minds and bodies and spirits. And um, so we were doing that on a very small scale with certain residents, and we get them at the greenhouse and uh, or in the gardens. We got a really active group right now, seniors. It's really a lot of fun. We get them out in the garden, or I go, hey, there's a weed there, and then all of a sudden, boom, the whole row will be weeded. It's like an OCD thing. And uh, but uh, it's I call it magic, really, because I've seen. Some of our residents come to me and in our group setting, and, and again, these are all people with Alzheimer's. It's and uh, some are a little agitated. And then after a couple minutes of just talking and well, actually touching plants and smelling plants and seeding, repotting plants or getting in the garden, they change, and it's all smiles. And you, you get all these cognitive benefits, you get all these physical benefits, these uh, physio, uh, physiological benefits, but it all leads to the social benefits. And then they get to, then we all start interacting and talking and bringing up stuff. And do you get stories from gardening stories from the past when this is going on? I imagine there's some pretty neat stories that come out uh, incessantly because they. I mean, they, we we seem to have a group, a lot of uh, residents now from the Midwest. So, like, corn is always a big topic, you know. So, with all, corn in Iowa and blueberries in Michigan and, and tomatoes in Fresno and being in San Diego and everything that you can grow here in San Diego, it it all just triggers memories. I mean, they they probably have a hard time remembering what they had for breakfast, but they – but. Boom, all of a sudden they see something or they see a basil plant and they go, oh, man, I'm from Sicily. And, and, and uh, God, this reminds me of pesto in my gr- grandmother's kitchen. And it, it, it's a beautiful thing. It, it's difficult for me to look at you and, and see this softer side of you. This, it's wonderful. It's, it's yeah. amazing to, to hear that. And it must be great for them to be able to, to share that. And you getting to hear it is yeah. 
probably pretty neat. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's uh, we. <laughs> They're phenomenal, and again, it's exciting. We spent uh, like uh, last week just talking about monarch butterflies. We have like a little little habitat around the greenhouse where we plant milkweed and pentas and buddleias, and and um, just seeing it. And right now, everything's blooming, and you know, ladies with roses is like, oh my god, it's like they're they've died and gone to heaven, you know, and they walk away with a handful of roses and we got all our like pin cushions are popping right now. I'll have Prody around the corner and, and, uh, they, they just love it. They, you know, ladies and flowers is happy mother's day. You know, yeah, every neat. day's a mother's day. That's neat. That's neat to hear you relate this all to us. Um, I, what was I going to go with that? I had something. Don't know. <laughs> Must well, not have been very important. No, it was. <laughs> well, it, it it brought up an brought up an interesting question, uh, at least that I had. Uh, in addition to now, in addition to the the vegetable and the fruit crops that you grow, do you, do you have a section set aside for herb crops? Yeah, we have. Areas? Yeah, we have. Actually, I was the grower for uh, an herb operation in Oceanside for three years, and that's actually where. I kind of busted my chops in the world of organics, and um, and I love to cook, and herbs are critical to make good food, great cuisine. And yes, to answer your question, we have a little section in the garden for fresh herbs, and we and we'll even grow stevia, and we'll, but we we have basil, and then when I got my little perennial area there full of oregano and thyme and rose and rosemary we use as a landscaping plant so mm-hmm. that does not get its own special area i mean it's like everywhere yeah we have a we have a big rosemary plant out in the backyard and melanie's always going out there and it's beautiful cutting, cutting uh, branches off of yeah it to, yeah to it doesn't with. take much either you can destroy a meal with too much rosemary but <laughs> but but it's a beautiful it's a beautiful landscaping you know that's your typical mediterranean i would say you could destroy a meal with any rosemary, but uh, doesn't yeah does not take much. Yeah. Um. You know, one thing we haven't touched on is pest control. Yeah. So, what's your game plan as far as keeping a again in the world of organics? Getting in and out with something's very important. So, we plant cucumbers. I'm, I'll be planting cucumbers next week for the fourth time already this year. And we do cucumbers every three weeks. I plant 50 feet. Every three weeks, 50 feet. Until, I just, uh, until, uh, until when? Until, oh, last planting will be sometime in August. So I'll do like nine plantings total starting in March. And, um, and I just let those grow on the ground. I don't pull them. And I'm not saying don't pull your cucumbers because they will, be, they will last longer and they will be straighter. But in my world, um, cucumbers like lettuce is something we can't really make marinara out of and i've never had cucumber soup other than in gazpacho and things like that and we not we ain't making dill pickles so uh i have like a row i'm planting i'm a row about 10 days from harvest and one row that i've been harvesting for a while and they just come and go and come and go but to answer your question things like pole beans pole beans are really nice and it's that vertical thing in your backyard where it doesn't take up much space but the longer it's in the ground aphids or powdery mildew are probably going to find it and uh we spray i wish i 
I tell people to spray certain things at a certain frequency. I never seem to have time to do that. But, uh, again, in the world of organics, if it's OMRI approved by the Organic Materials Research Institute, um, you know, Bacillus thuringiensis for worms and insecticidal soap, that those are my two go-to sprays in the world of organics. Oh, those would usually take care of pretty much, pretty yeah. much anything yeah. that you're going to have a problem yeah. with. And cucumbers, heat resistance, they don't do well when it gets hot. If they're younger plants and you're just cycling through them, then it doesn't matter. You're going to get the crop regardless. Yeah, yeah. I have no problem producing cucumbers. I could have used that answer yesterday for a customer. Why didn't you tell me this yesterday? Your pat answer is go talk to Farmer Roy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Thank you for coming to Walton Anderson. <laughs> go talk to Farmer Roy. Yeah. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. To the garden party, they all knew my name. No one recognized me. I didn't look the same, but it's all right now. I learned my lesson well. You see, you can't please everyone, so you got to please yourself. And we're back. Wicked garden with more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, George Allman, and Mark Mahady have the, have the weekend off. So we have uh, Farmer Roy from Cadence at Poway Gardens in, um, talking to us today. Well, I was going to ask you, I know intergenerational was a big part of your weekly programs mm-hmm. at Cadence. And because of COVID, that had to pause. Stop. It had to pause. <laughs> and I... It is back on. Is that yeah. correct? Because I know it was a everybody even, was. even when COVID was like raging, we we had to think outside the box to keep the kids around. So we did a series of drive bys, you know, which it was fun. It was the kids loved it. They got get out, but you know, everybody's got to be masked up and everything. But uh, we, I got the green light to to bring the kids back to with the residents again under safe protocol, and. Uh, the re- the real initiation on that was a few weeks ago for Earth Day, so we had a big Earth Day celebration, and we got a master gardener friend Heather Heather Holland from the Master Gardeners, who is like the worm queen, and so we did we we have worm bins, so we did worms. Like we did a butterfly teaching segment, and then we got together with the residents and um, it just. Everybody benefits from that, don't they? Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. The kids, the kids learn how to garden, and they learn the importance of volunteering. And a lot of them don't have their 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 real grandpas and grandmas are probably not around physically or logistically, and uh, and um, you know, it's old people like dogs and 
kids. It's it's a beauty. Uh, you know, one of the things that you, you had brought up too, David, was you do you work with uh, a Braxis school yeah. as well. Yeah, we um, ten years ago when I started, there were, I only knew of one school garden, and that was uh, well, it hadn't even started. The guy came up to me and goes, "Hey, I'm." Um, I got grandkids at Rolling Hills, and we want, want to put it in a garden. And so we, I, we got into that, and it just, I don't know, it's kind of a passion now for me. But uh, five or six years ago, a teacher at Abraxas High School, it's a transition continuation school in, um, in, in Poway, and he comes up to me and he goes, hey, you know, would you be willing to uh, take a look at this? We have a plan for reconverting this tennis court into an area to garden and so we talked about it and he had a plan for like 40 raised beds and i said fine so i gave him some tips on you know what to do and how to do it gave him plants and irrigation tips and then it just and on the back of my mind i'm going man that is a plan i good luck with that buddy you know working with school <laughs> see ya. working with the school district and it just seemed like a nightmare but a couple months later, they have you know it's they had a conti- um, what they call a construction crew. Like in the old days, we'd have wood shop and and metal shop. Actually, there's schools that still do that. Again, this is a school where the kids need a little extra help, and uh, so the teacher they had the gardening guy there. Then they had the construction dude there. And then uh, the biology teacher got involved. Now the biology teacher, basically Bob Lutengen, um, runs the whole show there now. And then uh, this, somebody donated uh, an aquaponics setup, a very large aquaponics setup. So they put that in. After a while, they go, that's, that's too small for what we have in mind. And so the construction crew went into the, you know, the tennis court and with jackhammers and rebar and they put this big jacuzzi looking thing in and um they raised tilapia there all that wow. water goes it's an aqua it's it's a stellar school garden they have won national awards in fact bob has wow. missed the cut by two people on the kelly and ryan show for national money awards and recognition but They've won, you know, with working with the Poway Pow- Valley Garden Club helps out there too. Uh, the community volunteers there, but uh, they have right now they've got this set up with like eight hundred tilapia in there, the pee and poop in the water, and can I say poop? I, well, you just did. So <laughs> that's what they tell me in the water. Um, and they had the construction crew build these concrete eight raised bed areas. They're like floating raised beds where they'll grow. 1,300 head. Right now, there's 1,300 heads of lettuce growing there from different stages of, of uh, growth. Uh, and then all that goes into their 40 raised bed. And I'm telling you, I mean, I'm happy with my gardens, but I go there and it puts mine to shame sometimes because they're getting all this beautiful, nutri- nutritious water uh, going through their garden and it, it's beautiful. And, uh, so they got 40 raised bed. They got, uh, these, yeah. And then they got this huge grant a couple of years back and they put in this whole culinary section there that would like put many restaurants 
they would be very uh, very stoked to have a setup like that with all this uh, outdoor um, kitchen equipment. So uh, they are now having culinary classes at the school. So the, the kids work in the garden. They learn how to grow. They learn how to build things. They've even built uh, raised beds for some of, my, some of the other schools. And uh, you, there's like 26 schools in the Poway Unified School District now that have um, gardens. Don't know That's what they important. don't know what they look like right now. Well, you guys have been beneficial helping uh, in the past, and uh, so this summer, a posse of mine, we're going to go check out, see what they all doing, and see what shape they are. Since some of the moms got to like jump the fences on Saturday when nobody's looking and water the garden, and the, you know it's kind of crazy, but things should be back to normal soon. But Abraxas, as a matter of fact, today is having a fundraiser. And um, if you're in the RB, if you know, just want looking for something to do today, go by uh, Abraxas High School. They're on Palmerado Road in Poway. And if you live in the RB Poway area, just go by. I mean, you're, you, you've if you've driven down Palmerado Road, you want to know what the heck is going on at that tennis court. Well, people have asked me what nursery that is at the corner of, yeah. of uh, Palmerado. Do you know what the cross street is there? And if you don't, I'll, I'll look I it up. I don't. Look okay. it up. Uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Okay. You keep going with what you're going to anyway, say. Anyway, so they're having a little fundraiser, and so they'll have the kids out there. They're going to have, like, salsa and little snacks. They'll have succulents for sale. And it's just an op- eye-opener to take a look what's going out of that garden. And they'll they'll do, like, two, 3,000 pounds of produce a year. All that gets donated except for what they eat there, which will be a little bit um, – they will – Donate that also to families in need through our food bank. It says uh, Glen Oak Road. That's so, it. So Pomerado Road and Glen Oak Road. It looks like a little nursery there, it's, uh, right it, there at the corner. Yeah, you can't miss it. I mean, it's beautiful. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. I invite you guys to come on by today, too. I might, I might do that. You know, it, that's pretty impressive. 20, 26 schools in the school district, and they all they all have some kind of a garden operation going on. Yeah, that was prior, right, when COVID hit, then I don't know what, where we stand right now. Oh, but, that's true, yeah. But, Everybody but was out. The, at least the infrastructure's there, So, yeah. and hopefully in September we can get back on well, it. Well, it's interesting because you know, we, we supported um, – my kids all went to uh, Dingman Elementary School, which is in San Diego Unified over in my neighborhood in Scripps Ranch, and uh, – there were a couple of teachers that really wanted to get into gardening, so we we donated some stuff to get it started. But it just never it just never took hold. Yeah, it, it's it, it's unfortunate. Master uh, gardeners are a resource now. I mean, they are devoted to the uh, school gardens. Very interesting. Well, thank you very much, Roy. You, My uh, pleasure, guys. It's kind of nice to have some some real information for once. <laughs> <laughs> it's all uh, it's all the God's truth right there. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming in, Roy. We really appreciate it. Uh, you've been listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We'll be back with more Garden Talk next Saturday. Tomorrow, happy Mother's Day, everybody. Hope you have a wonderful day and a great weekend. We will talk to you soon. See you later. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. 
That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery.